0: Are you a worrier? Do you ever think about, well, what if this happens or what if that happens? If so, stay tuned because today we're going to be talking about anxiety and how you can manage it. Welcome to this week's podcast and today we're going to be talking about anxiety
1: Well, anxiety is something that we've all experienced at some stage in our life or continue to experience. So for me, for example, if I have to go to the dentist, I feel absolutely anxious just probably a week in advance. I feel quite terrified. Or if I see a spider, I might feel very anxious.
0: Yeah, and there's different levels of anxiety. I mean, like you're saying, you know, spider could be what's called a phobia, which is really extreme version of anxiety and fear. Mm -hmm. Whereas often we experience just like milder anxieties, like oh, you know, what if this person doesn't like me? You know, for example, if we're going out on a date, it could be, you know, what if what if they don't like me? What if they don't phone me back? Or in a relationship. You know, we may experience it in different ways, like, you know, for example, if, you're, if your partner doesn't get back home on time, you might think, you know, well, has something happened to them? Are they okay? Or are they seeing someone else?
1: Yes, absolutely. So it sort of plays out in all sorts of ways. And it's this sort of excessive worry, isn't it? It's this sense of uncertainty, not knowing what's around uh, the corner. So uh, Anxiety is often or mostly uh, focused on the future about what might be coming our way. Um, and it's ultimately a response to a perceived threat that we are experiencing.
0: Yeah, and we experience the anxiety in different ways. We experience it with our thoughts. mm
1: mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So in terms of what we say to ourselves, so again, like we talked about, it could be something happened to our friend or to our partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we experience it through our emotions. We have that feeling of just feeling anxious mm-hmm. and also our physical sensations. So, you know, our heart rate may go faster. We may experience palpitations. We may experience kind of dizziness even or feeling of some nausea. Or, you know, we may experience kind of sweating. So these these are things that can cause a real problem and it can can cause a huge problem in our lives. So, you know, people can get to, and I've worked with a lot of people who, um, they avoid going for job interviews. They may even get stuck in a house because Mm. they're, they're worried about going out. So it can be a real kind of issue in terms of preventing us living the lives that we want to. So learning how to do something about it can be really useful. Um, so, also,
1: yeah, just to add that uh, anxiety is really the most common presenting issue in any form of therapy. So, whenever I work with a client, there will always be an element of Anxiety uh, and anxiety in itself is not a bad thing. It kind of serves as well on some level because it also tells us when there is danger and in a split second we have to make a decision. For example, if a, a car is coming our way and we see it out of the corner of, uh, of, uh, uh, of our eye, we know that we have to instinctively react. So we have an instinctive system that prevents us from being hurt.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know about you, but I remember uh, this experience, in fact, it was probably about a year ago. I was just walking down the street, uh, kind of in my own space in my head, and I get to the kind of edge of the pavement, about across the road, and suddenly I just stop, almost instinctively, because the car's coming really fast by, and it's like I did almost step into the road, but something within me kind of, like, caused that anxiety, and and it kind of saved my life. And I think that's the important thing that, just as uh, Angela said, is that it's a natural response. It's an evolutionary response, so we've developed it uh, in order to face danger. And I think one of the challenges is that, you know, because it's an evolutionary response, when it first developed it in some ways serves more of a useful purpose because hundreds of years ago you know if we were kind of the hunter-gatherer fighting for survival and you know suddenly there's that saber-toothed tiger that's coming around the corner and suddenly you know we need to know what we're going to do and there are three possibilities which is we can fight
1: yeah we can fight or we can freeze basically play dead or,
0: or we can run away. So the flight. Mm. So we've got these three different responses. So and, and essentially, you know, our body has to do one of those things. And we have to think what's going to be most useful in that situation. Yeah. So what happens is the body kicks in with this response, stress response, yeah. which is what we experience with anxiety. Yes. Yeah,
1: so and anxiety is a flight response. Yeah. So when we're fleeing, yeah. we're basically that's that's our anxiety kicking in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Although we will, you know, even if you freeze, you're still Mm -hmm. going to have that same response, Mm -hmm. but we're not using it in the same way. You still get your heart rate will still go faster. You'll get the uh, adrenaline thrown through your system. But essentially, we're not moving. We don't we don't use it in the same way. So I think in terms of that flight response, particularly, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what the body needs to do is we need to move oxygen and kind of blood around to the muscles that we need to use if we're going to fight or flight so again it's fight or flight that we're using this in Uh, so basically we're putting the the blood into the right system so Mm -hmm. we can use our the the, the bigger muscles to run away or to kind of fight Um, our heart will beat faster because it needs to get that blood circulated around which is why some people find that they feel palpitations because it's natural Mm -hmm. because you know body's releasing adrenaline you know, the sympathetic nervous system kicks in and it's doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. You may find as well that sometimes if you're uh, under anxiety, that your digestion gets affected, mm-hmm. like your stomach grumbles or you kind of you feel nauseous yeah. or you need to go for loo more or less. Yeah. It could be either. Yeah, and a- again, that's because of the processes that are going on in the body, which... Hundreds of years ago, what we needed to deal with a real physical threat. Yes. But the problem is that these days, most mm. of these threats aren't really physical. They're
1: just perceived threats. That's the problem, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's like our kind of our body or our head running away with us and kind of telling us that there is danger when there isn't actually any danger. So it's just a perceived threat that we're dealing with. Yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely. And, you know, for example, if if your boss at work says something to you in a certain way, like, you know, your job could be at risk, and suddenly we, we kick in with that same response we would have had to that saber-toothed tiger, mm-hmm. Uh, But the problem is, whereas in the past we could have run away, and actually when you run away, Mm. you're kind of using the body, you're getting some of the chemicals to flow through your system. Mm. But actually in this situation, the only response is, is really just to sit there. It's kind of like you have to freeze because uh, we can't fight Mm. because, you know, we know we can't hit our boss because that's not going to lead to any good places. Uh, we can't run away out of the room, so we've got to just basically sit there. So we kind of often sit there, kind of stewing in these chemicals in our system. Yeah. And so essentially, we're not we're not dealing with them. So we often feel even worse.
1: And that's really, it's really interesting because uh, what's been observed with a lot of animals who are running away um, in flight, what is often noticed when they are out of the situation of danger, they start shaking their body. So they literally shake it out of their body. So they get rid of the chemicals that have accumulated in their body. And that is something that's often recommended to um, people, for example, who have experienced a lot of trauma. So one of the treatment options with trauma is to encourage people to literally start Start shaking it out of the system, getting it out of the body.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I often say to people as well, like in a, in a work situation, you know, when you've been through that time where you've had that stress response, you're feeling anxious, mm. do some physical exercise. Mm. Just walk around the block mm. or go for a run later. And I also think, you know, because sometimes if you haven't done anything physical, you've got this thing sitting in your system, you try to go to sleep and you can't sleep. Yeah. but if you do some exercise you can help some you can help basically your body to kind of get rid of some of these chemicals yeah. doing and then you can do some relaxation because what we want is as well is for our body to counter that stress response which is the parasympathetic nervous system and when we get that kick into place well suddenly we we deal with the adrenaline so we have noradrenaline that kind of counters yeah. uh, that response we basically we basically will um we, we will start to kind of slow our heart rate down we'll start to kind of get a system flow naturally, the blood starts to go back to where. You know, we need it when we're more relaxed, like the digestion and the other kind of processes.
1: Absolutely, because it's, it's either going to be our sympathetic nervous system that in act, is in action, so that's the one that's telling us run, 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 or freeze, or you know, the, which basically gets us away from danger, or our parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system, which basically brings us down out of you know out of this sort of situation of stress. So we can't be doing both at the same time, and that's why it's really important so that when you practice using uh, uh, your parasympathetic nervous system, calming yourself, soothing yourself, automatically the anxious thoughts and the anxious feelings will be brought down as well and Tom will do an exercise later on to just practice that a little bit that might be really helpful for you
0: yeah I'm going to take you through a kind of tension and relaxation exercise which is great Mm -hmm. to help you relax and it's great a lot of people find it really useful to help them sleep so when we do come on to that I will warn you in advance because if you're listening to this podcast and driving or kind of operating machinery you don't want to do that bit because you're going to close your eyes so so, you know this is something it's fine until then we're warning when we get to that yeah. um but before we get to that I think what's really interesting is well why do some of us find something stressful or make cause anxiety and others don't you know why is mm. why is it so different mm, yeah
1: because yeah. we will have different associations right? So you might have different if, associations with a dentist, for example, then, than me,
0: yeah? Yeah, I mean, I, I did meet someone like some time ago who actually loved going to the dentist. It was like their <laughs> it
1: was possible? like something
0: that they really enjoyed in you, which I thought was really odd. Whereas, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you, you get anxious, like you yeah. said, uh, a couple of weeks beforehand. Yeah. And you know why is that? Why is it that two people can have such a different response? Or similarly in a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, if your partner's home late from work and they haven't told you they're going to be back late, you know, why do some people get really anxious mm-hmm. and some people it's like, well, they must just be kind of they must be busy. Yeah,
1: so it's grounded in your experiences, your anxiety to some extent. So if you have associated uh, a particular situation with being a threat to you then you will carry on uh, creating that kind of same association so it will have to be challenged for you so um, if you think about all sorts of uh, there are all sorts of different different uh, anxieties health anxieties phobias social anxiety ptsd all of them are ultimately related to some key experiences that you've had um, that made you create a connection between uh, the experience and a threat and that kind of needs to be decoupled if you want to address the anxiety.
0: Yeah and that can build up over time and I think like you said well take a phobia for example that's quite an extreme example and it can be something that often we conceive as usually a clear route and it's often from a one-time learning mm-hmm. that could be from an experience that you've had where you know, maybe you've had a traumatic experience, maybe being, for example, someone who's got a phobia about dogs, mm-hmm. someone who's been bitten by a dog when they were very young mm-hmm. uh, and, and develops a phobia, because it's that's something they develop from that. Mm-hmm. Or it could be that you model it, like you see a kind of brother, sibling, a parent who reacts in a way, uh, in an extreme way to something. Like I remember once, uh, like with my son, when he was really little, um, I, I, I used to have a phobia about spiders, which kind of crossed over to different insects. And, um, and I, I remember, like, we had these stick insects, and the kind of cage of the stick insects broke. Mm. They knocked off the kind of table by a cat, and they were all over the place. And then one day, suddenly, I looked at my hand, and there was this thing sitting on my hand, and I just jumped. And my son was there. And like after that, he started jumping every time he saw the uh, stick insects. Mm. So the way I got over that was, well, first of all, I wasn't that fond of stick insects. But I just decided, well, I've just got to put one on my hand and actually just kind of look at it and just feel comfortable with it. Because I need to model a new response. Mm. Uh, And actually doing that myself, actually facing that thing that I felt anxious about, really helped me overcome that anxiety as well, because, Mm -hmm. and and this is one of the strategies with facing those things that we fear, facing those things that we feel anxious about, can help us overcome them. Because the more we avoid the things that we feel anxious about, the more we reinforce that anxiety.
1: Yeah, and that's a really important link that you just mentioned there, that avoidance avoidance is always coupled with anxiety, that very frequently you want to move away from the very thing that you find frightening or terrifying. So you try to avoid it. You try not to do the thing that you need to do. You might not go to the dentist then, for example, or you don't go to the zoo and look at spiders like I do yeah so you avoid it um, and in order to kind of address the fear in order to to learn that the perceived threat is not a threat you will have to kind of very slowly engage with it and look at it and confront it this is not something that you do like radically there have been in the past there have been attempts to do this sort of radical flooding exercises with clients, which is not a good idea, but you do it gradually and safely. You do something what we call exposure. Yeah, So you slowly expose a person who's got to fear to the very thing that they are
0: fearing. Yeah, and and the strategies that Angela mentioned, like flooding, in the mm. past, they can actually be very successful, right. but they can be quite kind of challenging. And yeah. generally, I don't think many people do do them. I think they use sometimes. Yeah. Flooding might be like, say, you have a fear of spiders, then you might lock the person in a room full of spiders until the screaming stops. <laughs> and after some time, when the scream does stop, you open the door, and or well, even they're kind of unconscious or they're kind of they've overcome the fear because. When we have that sustained level of anxiety for a period of time, uh, something unusual tends to happen, mm. which is our body just suddenly gets acclimatizes to it, or something shifts, mm. and, and that fear level suddenly drops. And it can be very sudden. So it can work, but it's not pleasant. But mm. as Angela said, uh, a system where we might use progressive desensitisation mm. tends to be more effective. Mm. And the way that you do that is you think about the thing that you feel anxious about. And the thing that you're most anxious about, and maybe write down on a piece of paper um, some things that you feel less anxious about that are similar. So you might say, OK, let's say the thing I'm most anxious about is uh, speaking in front of a group of people. Um, then we'll think, OK, so let's say that was a group of 50 people. Say, OK, so what's something that's similar, but I don't feel too anxious about? Well, maybe speaking to two friends yeah. doing this presentation. And then what some people feel a little bit more anxious about, well, maybe speak to 10 friends and then maybe speaking to a group of people at work, a small group. And we start with the thing that we feel least anxious about and we face that. And what's really useful as well is as you do that is to work on relaxation techniques in between. So you put yourself into a relaxed state, Mm. you go and do this and you keep doing that one stage until you feel okay about it. Even if it's 10 or 20 times, only when you feel kind of that feels good or you feel kind of more relaxed, you move on to the next level. And often very quickly, and I've seen this done with uh, fear of spiders in Mm. just an hour where someone's overcome a huge phobia of spiders Mm. just through progressive desensitization. And in a very short space of time, they've completely got rid of that phobia. It can be really effective. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, so generally speaking, there are lots and lots of techniques and uh, that are quite helpful in cognitive behavioural therapy, which looks at this sort of connection. They they use the term the hot cross bun. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. So the connection between uh, thoughts, feelings, behaviours, physical sensations. So when you have an anxious thought, that's going to impact uh, on your feelings and that might be behave in a particular way, and you might also have particular sensations in your body. And if you try to cross, if you try to sort of start somewhere, modifying one of these aspects, either your feelings, your behaviors, or your physical sensations, then that's going to impact on the system as a whole. So you do some work around that.
0: Yeah, and and also, you know, taking it a little bit deeper as well, it can be something that, you know, if you have generalized anxiety, so sometimes, you know, an example of this is GAD, so generalized anxiety disorder. Mm. Sometimes, you know, some of these writing down your thoughts may not be enough. We may need to look a little deeper. We may need to look at where do some of these come from in our past. What are some Mm. of the experiences that cause us to kind of keep having this anxiety? Because sometimes. If it's just general and we don't know specific things that trigger it, it's more difficult to, to kind of think, how do, we, how do we kind of work with this? So sometimes looking at where they come from can be really powerful. And in relationships as well. Again, looking at yourself, what is your internal thinking, which, again, is some of the things we look at a little bit mm. in the Relationship Maze uh, our online course, which mm. uh, we have at therelationshipmaze.com. Uh, we also have other kind of resources there that may help you, free resources on the website. Mm. Yeah, um, absolutely Yeah, but really kind of looking at the root can be really powerful. Yeah,
1: um, because there, were, there are always root causes for anxieties. Um so it doesn't usually uh come out of nowhere it might be experienced you might think like well you know you have a uh, you might not be aware of a trigger for anxiety in any kind of situation, you might not even realise that you're feeling very anxious until you're fully in it. So very often uh, the work is around uh, working out what is the trigger here, what's the underlying reason for me experiencing this anxiety in this moment. And when you have control over that, you're feeling less anxious generally. Yeah? You can manage your anxiety differently.
0: Yeah, and so let's look at a little strategy Well, I'm going to take yeah. you through a relaxation technique in a minute. Yeah. But before we do that, I think so what's really important is mm-hmm. that some people, if they've been feeling really stressed and anxious, doing a relaxation technique can be the thing that helps them kind of calm down yeah. straight away. Yeah. But for other people, myself included, if I'm feeling really worked up and really anxious about something, then probably I'd want to do a bit of exercise first just to get the adrenaline out of my my system and just get my body more balanced. Mm -hmm. So I might, for example, do a run or kind Mm -hmm. of go for a fast walk or anything at all just to get your body moving. Mm -hmm. And then when you've done that, then I can take time to mm-hmm. relax. So you may find that you know these things work better for some people straight off. Absolutely. But find out what yeah. works for you.
1: It's different for everyone. Yeah. Everyone will respond differently to different techniques and
0: interventions. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do think that both things are important. So doing exercise and learning yeah. relaxation techniques. So even if you think only one works for you, taking time to practice the other one is also important because... Yeah. The physical exercise helps the oxygen mm. flow through our system more mm. easily. It kind of helps us think more clearly, concentrate mm. and even relax. So making sure you do get some activity re- is really important. But also taking time to relax because when you're doing activity, your heart rate is raised.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it, it might feel like you're relaxing, but essentially our body, you know, it's, it's not going into that slower process. Mm. So even if you found in the past that relaxation techniques, you think, they're more challenging for you or maybe you think they don't work mm. i think if you persevere with them i think it's really useful
1: yeah and yeah. you have to persevere it's not that easy initially um just one round of practice is not going to help you in terms of really learning how to relax your body you need to practice it on a more regular basis and it doesn't have to be very long just even five ten minutes a day it will make a huge difference
0: yeah and that's why the technique i'm going to take you through now which is called tension and relaxation or tension and relaxation exercise it's quite useful because it gets you to become aware of when are you tense, when are you relaxed? Because sometimes we're not aware of when we have tension. And we also learn through contrast. So the way that we learn differences, or we learn what we need to do, like learn how to relax, is by learning what it feels like when we're the opposite. Mm -hmm. So if you learn what it feels like when you're tense, when a muscle's tense, when it's relaxed, it's easier to get into that. Uh, Like I said, this can be really useful to help people sleep. So in a moment, I'm going to take you through this. Again, if you're driving or you're operating machinery, um, then don't listen to this part. Listen to it later. But do listen to it later because it can be really useful. It can also, like I said, if you find it, tr- you have trouble sleeping sometimes, maybe listen to this then. It can be really, mm-hmm. really effective. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you in a moment to close your eyes. Make yourself comfortable. So sit down or lie down. And I'm going to ask you to tense Each muscle group in turn, I'll talk you through it, and then you're gonna relax it. I'm gonna ask you to tense the muscles, starting at your feet, hold on to the tension for a moment, and then taking a deep breath, hold your breath for a moment, and then breathe out and then relax that muscle group. Now, if you have any parts of your body where you experience any kind of pain or kind of discomfort or you've got any injuries, just ignore that part. Don't do that part. Or if there's areas you don't want to tense, You don't have to, just do the the areas that you feel comfortable, tensing and relaxing. So just go with this and adjust it according to what feels right for you. So ready, just make sure you're sitting or lying down and just start by closing your eyes and tense your feet and your toes. So tense up your toes, tense up your feet, scrunch them up if you're wearing shoes. Feel the toes like clenched, like little fists of your toes. Okay, now take in a deep breath and hold your breath for a moment. Now breathe out, let go of that tension, let your toes relax, let your feet relax and just notice those feelings in your feet and your toes when they're relaxed. You might notice a warmth or a coolness, even a tingling sensation. Now let's work on the rest of your legs. We'll start with the lower legs. Um, You might tense your feet again. It's fine if you tense the muscles you've already tensed, but just focus on the lower parts of your legs, the calves, the shins, try and tense them. Maybe tense your feet again as well if that helps. If you need to tense your upper legs to you, that's fine. Hold on to that tension. Feel that tension. Notice what it feels like taking a deep breath for a moment. Breathe out. Let go of that tension. Let your lower legs relax. Good. Now let's work on your thighs and well, your hamstrings, your quadriceps. So tense your upper legs, maybe tense the whole legs if it helps, but focus on the feeling in your upper legs. So focus on that tension in your thighs. Hold it for a little bit longer and take in a deep breath and hold your breath for a moment. Breathe out. Let your upper legs relax. So let your thighs relax, your your your, ham, your hamstrings, your quadriceps. Feel what the legs feel like when they're relaxed, maybe heavy or even light. Now let's work on your stomach and your lower back. So tense your stomach, tense your lower back like you're bracing your body for an impact. Hold on to that tension. Feel the stomach clenched, lower back tense. Taking a deep breath and hold your breath for a moment. Now breathe out. Let go of that tension. Let your stomach relax your lower back. Relax. Good. Just feel your back against the chair or wherever you're lying or whatever's supporting it, if anything is supporting it. Good. Now tensing your chest and your upper back. So tense your chest, tense your upper back. Hold on to that tension, really tensing the upper body. Notice that tension in the upper body. Taking a deep breath and breathe out, let your upper body relax, relax your chest, your shoulders, let go of that tension. Good, notice that feeling in the upper body and your lower body when it's relaxed, the muscles relaxed. Now your arms and your hands, let's see the whole thing together, so tense your hands into fists, the fingers into fists, tense your arms, your forearms, your upper arms, really feel that tension just like your arms, like iron rods, fists tense like we're going to punch something. Hold on to that tension, breathe in, hold your breath for a moment. Now breathe out like your hands, let your arms. Relax, let go of that tension. Feel the weight of your arms or the lightness. Feel the feelings in your fingers, maybe a kind of tingling or a kind of warmth. And finally, let's work on your head and your face. So tense the muscles in your face and your eyes. No one's looking at you, so just Don't worry if you kind of grimace, if you kind of tense your eyes, really tense it, tense your jaw, tense the upper head, tense the neck, even the shoulders. Maybe scrunch your shoulders up. Get that whole tension going through the head and the face. Take in a deep breath and breathe out. Relax your shoulders, your head. Let your eyes relax, your jaw relax. Let the muscles around your jaw, your eyes relax. Make sure your teeth are gently parted. And for a moment, just focus on your breathing. Focus on your breathing and breathing in slowly, maybe to a count of three, and then out to a count of three. And just before we finish this exercise, as you slow your breathing down, think about a peaceful place. So some sort of scenery or somewhere where you can relax. Maybe even it's a comfortable chair at home, or it could be a place you've been to that you find very relaxing, and soothing. But just imagine that place now. So go on a little holiday in your mind to find that place. And just enjoy that place for a few moments longer. And when you're ready, just come back to the room, open your eyes and just feel more awake and alert. So welcome back. And that's just a little process. And uh, often when I'm taking people through this one-to-one, I spend even longer doing this. Mm. Uh, but this is a really useful thing to practice again and again. So whether you found that you could react, relax completely this time mm-hmm. or whether you need to practice it a few times, it's absolutely fine. Yeah,
1: but well, it's a wonderful exercise, and most people really find it very beneficial and they can relate to it, because particularly the sort of the, the, you know, the tension and then the letting go, it really gives you a sense of, "Oh, this is what it feels like when I'm not tense. I'm not holding on to all this stress in my body, so it's yeah. great. It's a really good
0: exercise. Great, so yeah, well, let's well, leave it there, shall we? Yeah, let's yeah. leave it there for today. So we hope you enjoyed this podcast. And again, like with all of them, please share the podcast with anybody who might benefit, uh, and also subscribe to our podcast and make sure you tune in next week to our next podcast.
1: And if you really like the podcast, it would be wonderful if you could just write one line, give us a little review on Apple. That would be fantastic. It's really helpful. Sorry, it's a bit of a plug here, but it would help us to get more exposure with
0: the podcasts. Excellent. So we look forward to seeing you or kind of like talking with you next podcast.
1: Take good care. Bye.
0: Bye.